0: Into to episode 156 of the sources say podcast your go-to kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing ksr podcast network the sources say podcast is presented by our good friends at justice dental you can make an appointment at 1 of two Lexington locations, that's on Wellington Way and Blazer Parkway. Now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Remember that regular dental appointments are important for your overall health. You can learn more and make an appointment at justicedental.com. Dr. Justice and Dr. Thompson, look forward to seeing you soon. Uh, I'm your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by the one and only Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you?
1: Fantastic, Jack. How are you?
0: Oh, I'm just doing great. We are gearing up for our little mini road trip to Knoxville to watch the Kentucky Wildcats take on the Tennessee Volunteers. It is a uh, rematch game, a revenge game for Tennessee after the absolute uh, molly whopping the Wildcats took on the Volunteers earlier this season. They defeated uh, Tennessee by 28 points at Rupp Arena. It was Arguably the most impressive offensive performance we've seen from the Wildcats in this year, especially, but uh, maybe even in recent memory. I I remember after that game, we both said that it was one of the most impressive we had seen of the John Calipari era in Lexington. So um, a lot has changed since then, Sean. Tennessee is is still a heck of a program they're now number 10 in the the Ken Palm rankings no bad losses their resume is very very strong and more most importantly they are undefeated at home and so this is a uh, not only a revenge game but it's also kind of a, a statement game for them as well uh, where they're trying to kind of solidify themselves it's, it's still a battle for that second spot in the SEC and they want it just as bad as we do and even though we're in uh, kind of uh, prime position to finish that way they're kind of knocking on that that back door so Sean what are your early expectations for tonight's game and uh, uh, how how excited are you to, to hit the road again?
1: I'm excited because it honestly, for me, it feels like a home game because it's actually closer than the drive that I make to Lexington every <laughs> every game. So I live about an hour from Knoxville. But, yeah, I'm excited because I think it's two really good basketball teams. I know we're expecting Kentucky to be shorthanded tonight. Tennessee is uh, out for revenge. I mean, they're going to come out there and you're going to get their best shot tonight. I know they're the early favorite. Everybody expecting, you know, no Ty Ty Washington, what happens with Jacob Toppin. Uh, we'll get into all of that, but uh, this is an opportunity for Tennessee to get another huge win at home. But on the flip side of this, I think this is an opportunity for Kentucky. We're expecting them shorthanded to get, I think, could be one of their, arguably their most impressive win of the year if they can go to Knoxville and win shorthanded, and then return to beat Alabama at Rupp Arena on Saturday. Jack, I think that they would have a ton of wiggle room to lose a game or so somewhere and still be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. I mean, I think that the committee would look at this thing tonight and not be like, okay, Kentucky just went on the road at Tennessee shorthanded and defeated Tennessee in Knoxville, a place where they're undefeated. This would be the win that you look at on Selection Sunday that might be bigger than Kansas, just given the circumstances.
0: Yeah, this, this is kind of the game, as we said, on our post-Florida show, uh, just kind of doing our very early takeaways of the Volunteers. We said that this feels like the game that will decide pretty much everything. How how everything else is going to fall into place to close out the season? If Kentucky still has a shot to land that one seed, if you know Auburn crumbles down the stretch, loses a couple, uh, UK still right there and, and with a puncher's chance to to close out the regular season, uh, at least tied to you know for the the co conference regular season champions. If not, solidify itself as that number two uh, seed in the SEC, but very much so with a one seed in the NCAA tournament on the line. That's kind of what we said, that this game could be the big determination on if Kentucky can can be a one seed. And, and Sean, the initial line came out, and it was one that I think kind of shocked some people. Um, uh, after the 28-point blowout win, Kentucky just dominated from start to finish. It was the most impressive offensive performance of the year. Uh, you turn around just a couple weeks later, four weeks later, however long it's been, I think four weeks on the dot, and uh, you have Tennessee opening as the one-point favorite. And I think that's something that shocked Kentucky fans. Was that um, a, a line that surprised you? And what,
1: what are your thoughts on that? It, it doesn't. Just uh, given the, the injury to Ty-Ty, the, the way Tennessee plays at home, they beat a very good Arizona team there earlier this season. And uh, I just think that traditionally and historically, it's a, it's a place that's tough to play. And, and I think that we know that Kentucky played out of its mind. That, that day versus Tennessee at Rep Arena. Uh, I don't think that anyone expects Kentucky to, you know, have that same performance again tonight. But I I'll, obviously I think that the injuries, Tennessee playing at home, undefeated at home, I think that that played into it. I, I think the line is right just given the circumstances going into the night. But I wouldn't be shocked if Kentucky won this game, and I wouldn't be shocked if Tennessee won this game. Uh, I think this is one of the two that you circle the rest of the way, this one in at Arkansas where you think Kentucky could drop a game even at full strength. Uh, it'll be a tough game for sure, but uh, I could see either team winning this thing tonight. I was honestly surprised it didn't open as a pick'em.
0: Yeah, that, that's kind of what I was thinking. Just uh, you know, considering how well they play at home, their recent success, they're kind of finding their stride just as we are. I, I kind of got that same vibe. Like you know, I think Vegas was just going to roll it out and say, you know what? Uh, I think that's the. I, I think we're going to go with a, a pick'em here. But um, you know, and I guess home field advantage plays a very slight factor in uh, it is as well and
1: uh, that's clearly something that works in their favor. So uh, and doesn't if Vegas all knew, and if Vegas knew Kentucky was at full strength, I think Kentucky might have opened a point and a half or yeah. somewhere along those lines. I could I think Kentucky would have been the favorite if Vegas knew for sure like, hey, yeah, Kentucky's at full strength coming in this thing. They haven't lost a game at full strength since early December. I, I think Kentucky would have been a point or two favored.
0: Yeah. And I guess that brings up a, a good point because uh, that is going to play a very key part in this game. Ty Ty Washington goes down with a leg injury. Uh, I, initial film looked to be a a knee injury, but talking to people, you know, some people around the program, talking to some people close to Ty Ty, it appears that it's, it's an ankle and it's the same ankle that he uh, hurt before. So all things considered, what a win that injury ended up being goodness gracious. I mean, after how, how worried we all were after the fact and, and during it, I mean, I just remember my heart sank. I was just felt sick to my stomach, uh, for it to unfold the way it did for it to just be, uh, what appears to be just another day-to-day ankle sprain, uh, with the same ankle that he hurt before. Not great. You know, you never want to, to re-injure an ankle and that could you know, probably hurt confidence moving forward. You know, you kind of build trust in that ankle coming off of uh, the the first injury, and then you kind of re-injure it. I, I understand where there would be some frustration on his side, but goodness gracious, it's hard to complain knowing that it, it's not a, a significant knee injury or one that probably won't even keep him out a couple weeks. It it appears we're just kind of a game by game basis, which uh, I mean can't ask for anything more than that. Uh, just very pleased with how that unfolded, but it does put Kentucky still in a very tough predicament uh, in Knoxville. And then you also have Jacob Toppin, who's dealing with an ankle injury himself. Uh, initial kind of uh, scuttlebutt was that Jacob was going to miss that 10, miss that Florida game with the idea of coming back against Florida or coming, uh, coming uh, back in, in Knoxville against Tennessee, but uh, haven't heard a whole lot of positivity about his chances of playing tonight either. If, if you were, you know, we're, we're just, Uh, you know, recording this early Tuesday morning, several hours in advance of the game. Um, So, you know, maybe something changes from now till then, but I haven't heard much to indicate that he will play uh, tonight in in Knoxville, which uh, if we are assuming that Ty Ty is going to be out as well, that's two very key contributors that Kentucky is going to be out uh, in Knoxville, especially a guy like, you know, obviously Ty Ty made such a strong impact in game one against the volunteers. But I mean, that defensive versatility that, uh, Jacob Toppin provides and and uh, you know that's going to be something that really hurts uh, against the volunteers if it unfolds that way. Uh, just what do you expect this team to look like without two uh, of its key contributors in, in Tai Ty, Ty Washington and Jacob Toppin if it unfolds the way that uh, it kind of feels like we're trending
1: that direction? I think they've got to figure out tonight who they play through in in situations where they need a basket. I'm I'm going to assume that it's going to be Oscar Shibwe. I expect them to post him more tonight than they have in recent weeks when there's no tie tie. Tie the guy, Jack, that you saw it at South Carolina. You saw it early in the second half versus Florida. I think he's become the guy this year that when you need a bucket, he's your go-get-a-bucket guy, or he's the guy that you put the ball in his hands and kind of let him make a play, whether that be for himself or someone else. I think that that kind of puts a strain on you offensively tonight because you lose that guy. Uh, Sabir can go get someone else a shot, but he's not as, you know, acclimated to kind of do that and get his 15. He's, he's not going to get to that 15-footer and hit it consistently. Uh, so does he get downhill and help and help out Kentucky offensively? Do they post Oscar on the block? Do they run more stuff for Kellen Grady? which is not really something that they do. It feels like a lot of his shots come in rhythm and transition or off offensive rebounds or kind of off Savir off pick and roll or tight off pick and roll. So do they run some stuff for him? I think they're going to play through Oscar, though. I think that they're going to post it. They're going to set the tone and, and be physical on that low post. And uh, I think they're going to maybe slow it down at times in the second half and kind of maybe try to grind this thing out. I still hope, though, that they get out and run and take advantage of those opportunities. But th- the key for me tonight will be staying out of foul trouble one through three. Wheeler, Mintz, and Grady all got to play about 33 to 34 minutes. I just don't see them surviving if if a guy gets an early foul trouble like Xavier did the other day. Like, if he does, you have to play him with foul trouble. If he gets two fouls in the first half, you got to play him. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It, it, and kind
0: of on that note – uh, looking at potential replacements, obviously the uh, Shaden Sharp saga is over. We're not going to be seeing him this season, barring a major turn of events. I, that's something that John Calipari came out last week and said. Um, but do you see if we see you know foul trouble or shots aren't falling? Do you think this could be a, a an opportunity for Dante Allen to come back in? and kind of reestablish himself like we saw him do uh, a week or two ago where he did perform fairly well shot again, wasn't falling, but, um, still able to make an impact, you know, rebounding the ball and, and his defense was, uh, was clearly improved from, from what we had seen before. Do you think that, that this could be a, an opportunity for Dante to kind of come in and, uh, be that uh road killer that we saw him la- be last season
1: against Mississippi state? If Mince or Grady or, On the bench, yes. Then I think you've got to look at maybe giving Dante a stretch, even if it's just for three or four minutes. If it's Wheeler, then I honestly think that you're going to see a lineup with Keon Brooks at the three and Lance and Oscar together. I know that's a lineup that Kentucky fans are probably not excited to hear, but I just think that in this environment, it's at Tennessee. John Calipari knows one of the hardest places in his career to go win a game. I mean, he's lost quite a few games in Knoxville. I, I honestly think the way Lance has played in recent weeks that you're going to see some Lance and Oscar together, and it wouldn't shock me if they bumped Keon to the three just for a short spurt. As long as you have Mints and Grady, two guys that can knock shots down from the perimeter, I think that's what Cal will roll with. Would I prefer to see Dante? Absolutely. Even if it is Mintz or Grady in the in the, in the game together, but I have a gut feeling that Cal's going to roll with moving Keon to the three. If it's just for a short stretch, maybe three or four minutes.
0: Well, and you can't blame him because they rolled that out against Florida and Lance Ware and Oscar looked quite good together. And that's something that I think kind of shocked everybody. Uh, it's not something that I anticipated at all, but I do think it has a lot to do with Lance absolutely finding his role and in, in, uh, embracing his role on this team as that enforcer. I love the quote that Saver Wheeler had about him and kind of uh, the, uh, physicality and leadership that he provides and that's that you know backup center spot behind Oscar I I don't have too much of an issue not in long stretches of of time Uh, I mean we if you've listened to the show you know that we are not uh, huge fans of the uh, double big lineup or even the triple big lineup if if it is Keon Brooks but uh, if if Jacob Toppin is out and you know Ty Ty Washington's out and you're looking for some type of of mismatch creation, that's a way to do it. Uh, Those are two bruising type guys, physical guys. Uh, You can find a mismatch there and you, and you can find an advantage down there and what's going to be absolutely a a hostile environment. Uh, Having your enforcer in like, like Lance isn't a horrible idea because he's proven that he he's capable of stepping up on stages like this and uh, in environments like this and situations like this. So I'm a, not a, a huge fan of it, Always, but in this very brief uh, situation in Knoxville, considering the injury issues, I I understand it and I will uh, gladly well, accept it, Sean.
1: Yeah, and and the thing that I'm looking for tonight is does Tennessee stay hot from three point range? They've lost one game since Kentucky, you know, kind of beat them down at Rupp Arena. I know that in that stretch, they've only had two games where they failed to reach ten made three pointers. They did beat Vandy when they hit five and then they only hit five, I believe against Texas. And that was a 52 to 51 loss, I believe was the score there. They've been 10 or above every game since. And they've had a lot of 11s and 12s. And I know a game of 14 made threes. If Tennessee goes in there tonight and they hit 13 or 14 threes, I don't think Kentucky's winning, especially without Ty-Ty. If that's a number that stays in that six to eight, maybe even to nine range, and Kentucky can be efficient offensively without Tata, I think Kentucky wins the ballgame. Like, getting to 75 to 80 points, if Kentucky gets there tonight, I feel confident that they win. Because I think they're going to defend well enough to to hold Tennessee somewhere. Even if Tennessee has a really good game offensively, I think Kentucky can kind of hold them into the low 70s. But if they get hot and they hit 13, 14 threes like they have in some of these games in recent weeks, then it's going to be hard to go win a game at Thompson Bowling, especially – Without Ty Ty Washington,
0: I, I guess that was going to be my next question for you. You bring up the the shooting uh, improvements, but what what has it that has just kind of clicked for uh, outside of shooting, or if that has been the sole reason uh, as, as of late? I know you've watched a lot of of this Tennessee team this this season what has led to its recent success you know they haven't lost at home 13 and0 there uh they won seven of its last eight um their one loss being that texas game you know they're now up to number seven in the bpi 10 in the net like uh, what has clicked for this team that maybe wasn't working for them earlier in the year especially in that that
1: uh that kentucky matchup well when when you're talking about you know, their efficiency offensively. We've seen that thing climb maybe 24 or 25 spots since they played UK. And it's kind of the the flip side, right? Kentucky, the defensive side and adjusted defense was kind of the low end on Kentucky. And you've seen it, what, the last three or four weeks. It's climbed and now it's approaching the top 10. It all comes down to making shots. Tennessee's making more shots now than they were a month ago. Now, they, had, they hit a lot of shots against Kentucky at Rep Arena. I thought they played very well offensively. It was just Kentucky was just unbelievable that day. So more shots are going in, and when shots are going in, Jack, what happens? You look better. The numbers start to look better, and uh, Tennessee is scoring more points now. They They played in a lot of rock fights there early in league play that were just ugly basketball games, but in the last two to three weeks, They've hit more shots. They're, they're getting to that 70. They've, they've got to 90 points against Texas a and I know they've got to 80 a few times. That They're scoring more points, and they're looking better offensively while still being able to guard you defensively. That's why I think Kentucky's offensive efficiency, if they can just get to 74, 75 points, I really think Kentucky has a shot at winning this game tonight, but it's going to be close. If Kentucky gets to 80-plus, I don't think Tennessee wins.
0: Yeah, I think you you hit the nail on the head. I remember going into that last matchup, defense was the name of the game. Everybody was kind of expecting a rock fight, and uh, you know they were the number two overall team in in terms of of efficiency on, on that end of the floor. So people were kind of expecting it to be a, a little bit more more tough, uh, and then they go out and just absolutely just just throttle them. W- just one of the best offensive performances I've seen, and uh, I you, you got to give them credit because the name of the game for them back then was defense and, and, you know, they struggled quite a bit offensively, but now their their defense has taken a slight dip, but their offense has just ramped up uh, uh, unlike, you know, many other schools in the SEC. So definitely going to be, uh, I'm anticipating a little bit more of a, a, a not necessarily a run and gun type game, but definitely a, a fast pace, going to get a lot of shots up. Uh, I'm hoping for an efficient game. I, I would hate to see, uh, this kind of high-profile matchup of top 20 programs kind of lead to a, a brick a, a brick laying contest. I, I would I, I think we're going to get a, a quite efficient game for both teams, kind of like what we saw the last time around. Obviously, I don't think Kentucky goes nuclear again like they did before, but uh, I, I I'm hoping that we get a, an efficient night for both teams and it ends up being a uh, you know 85 83 type final, something like that. I think that'd be a a fun environment, a fun matchup uh, in Knoxville to uh, as we slowly start to round out the
1: regular season. Yeah, and then this is one of those things I'm kind of looking back at the total scores from some of their recent games here. They beat uh, Texas A&M 90-80. Then they beat South Carolina 81-57, Mississippi State 72-63, Vandy 73-64. to 64. So that's where I'm coming from, that if you get to the mid-70s to 80, I just don't know if Tennessee wins this game. You just can't have it be a game where it's 66 to 64 or 62 to 60, because if you do, obviously Tennessee is going to have a very good chance to win that game in Thompson bowling. But if Kentucky can get off to a hot start, be efficient offensively, they're going to have moments Jack to where they're going to go on some of these spurts, maybe where they don't get a basket for two to three minutes. You just can't let that drought kind of stretch into five or six minutes. If you do, you better hope Tennessee is not hitting shots because I've been in that building quite a few times where Kentucky's kind of hit those uh, lows offensively, and then Tennessee's kind of got hot from three-point range or went on a spurt, and it's hard to overcome, especially in that building. Kentucky just cannot have a stretch of five minutes, six minutes tonight where they don't hit a field goal. If they do, they need to be getting to the free throw line and getting points. They just can't have a spurt where it's five or six minutes without scoring. If they avoid that, I think they're going to have a really good chance of winning, even shorthanded
0: yeah I completely agree well let's uh we're slowly or I guess quickly approaching the finish line here we both got to hit the road we have a a very exciting uh, matchup tonight we're both going to be there in person it's going to be a lot of fun and obviously uh, we're both going to be there in person so we'll have a a a sources say live after the game, it's going to be a fun post-game show. Hopefully, uh, it results in a, a strong win for the Wildcats. It would be massive for this team's resume and and uh, its chances to to really make some noise in that you know final SEC standings and obviously the uh, overall standings. You know, looking at NCAA brackets and all that stuff. It'll be uh, th- this is a big one. This is one that uh, we've kind of had circled on our calendars for a long time. There's a reason that we're both going there. going to be there in person. Uh, this is. This is a big game, and we're going to be there uh, in person to discuss it all and uh, uh, break things down as we always do. But that uh, wraps up our quick pregame show. Uh, Let's get out of here with one final message from our friends. At prize picks, the NBA season is well underway, and there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite former Wildcats play than by playing daily fantasy with our friends at prize picks. Prize picks is the simplest form of real money, daily fantasy sports, and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual basketball fan looking to add some excitement to the games, prize picks is the perfect game for you. You simply select two to five players and predict if they will go over or under their projection. Prize picks gives you the chance to win 10 times your money for getting four or five predictions correct. Download the Prize app or visit prizefix.com using promo code Pilgrim to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. That's uh, don't forget that's Prize app or pricefix.com using promo code Pilgrim to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your favorite former Kentucky stars to the next level. Sean, let's get the heck out of here. Where can fans find your work?
1: You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. And Jack, I'm going to predict that Kentucky goes to Knoxville and they get a hard-fought three-point victory. I'm going to say 77-74. to 74.
0: And who is your MVP?
1: MVP tonight will be Oscar Sheboy. I think he goes for a 2020 game.
0: I think that this is... I, I predicted a Savier Wheeler MVP game last, last time against Florida. Uh, he wasn't the... Overall MVP, but I do think that his uh, you know change of pace, his his ability to to kind of push the issue, uh, I thought that was m- maybe the most valuable aspect of the game against Florida. I mean, he did finish as a plus thirty, so uh, I I don't want to get. Credit for that MVP pick, but I do like that one. But I am going again with Savir Wheeler, with Ty Ty Washington. Uh, expected to be out. I do think that he's going to step up. I'm very excited for that head-to-head matchup with him and, and Kennedy Chandler. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I, again, I think the world of that kid in, in uh, Knoxville. So I, I'm very excited for that matchup. I'm going to go Xavier uh, MVP, and I'm going to go Kentucky wins 83-79 to in Knoxville and uh, establishes itself as the clear uh, number one seed in college basketball as we inch closer toward the finish line of the regular season and uh, approach postseason play. I think it's going to be a fun night, and we're going to be there in person. We'll be back after the show for our uh, typical postgame show. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will see you then.